Welcome to Eloquently Awkward, a podcast for ladies with real conversation and biblical perspective. Hey y'all, it's Amanda. And I'm Madeline. (laughs) And I'm Terry. Welcome back to Eloquently Awkward this week. I think we're on number... We don't know anymore, guys. I think it is seven. Last week, yes. Shout out to Alicia, who... Um, caught us on our misnumbering, but yes, this is um, episode number seven. And ladies, men, women, children, it. yes, <laughs> it's been a it's been a long, long week. We're and, sure you're feeling it too. <laughs> yes, between the COVID and then this holiday and everything, just seems out of sorts. So um, we are just probably going to jump right into this lesson because it is a serious topic, and we were trying to find something to talk about. That's lighthearted, and we just all decided, you know what? Let's just jump into this because it's probably gonna be hard to find something that relates to this topic. When so. you ain't got nothing lighthearted to say, don't <laughs> yes, say. Yes, that's right. Just keep it to yourself. So we're just gonna jump in. So um, uh, last week when we did the question and answer session, Madeline received a question from somebody that we didn't discuss, and we are going to discuss that question today. It's a serious topic a topic that kind of broke my heart um when somebody asked it and this was the question um this person asked my past mistakes and choices made me feel like i am too far gone am i even usable to god how could he possibly use me and i think when i when i heard that i thought wow i've had those same questions i have felt that way i think about things from my past and Um, maybe sins that I had lived in, and I think, how could I possibly be used? Um, So that's a very serious topic. So um, I'm just going to jump in. The first thing I'm going to do is read this little excerpt, excerpt, excerpt Mm. (laughs) that I found online from, um, her name is Whitney, and it just, it was from lovegodgreatly.com, and it just says her name is Whitney D. So I just want to give her credit. But it says, to the girl who thinks God won't forgive you, I see you. Those sick, the ones sick with regret, you can't take back the words that have damaged relationships to a point that seems beyond repair. I see you, the one feeling weak and defeated. That same sin you keep vowing to turn from has gripped you once again, perpetually hurting the very ones you love the most. I see you, the one exhausted from the cover-up. You've spent your whole life working so hard to conceal what you've done in the dark, fearing that the light will expose and ruin you. I see you, the one shackled by shame. You are imprisoned by that costly decision made all those years ago. The one that brought death and heartache instead of the life and freedom they promised. I see you, the one weighed down by emptiness. Your pursuit of the idols of this world have kept you running from God and constantly coming up short. You're wondering if there's something more. Surely there has to be something more to this life. You think it over. That's how... That's somewhere there isn't a place for you. That's what you think. But you can't scrape up something good to even bring to the table. If only you knew what I've done, you say to yourself. You think that God couldn't possibly forgive you for any of those things. And she ends it by saying that just is not true. So I'm going to go through a list of things. Um, First things first. I want everyone to know that's listening and anyone that's ever questioned any of those things that your past does not disqualify you from a future. Um, in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. 
Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, when I read those verses, I think to myself, why would he promise those things if he didn't mean them? Our God is not a liar. He's not an author of confusion. He just put it all out there that God has a purpose for each of us. And God knows what we can do and how we can be used. So just, just to be reminded, what you've done in your past does not disqualify you for having a future, especially with God. It does not. The second thing is, it kind of goes along with that, is our past does not define who we are. Um, and I think this is made very clear in the Bible by the multiple persons, peoples. Sure. <laughs> the multiple people in the Bible that were normal people, that were imperfect, that God used. God used many people with horrible past. And he took those people and he redirected them and he redefined who they were. Um, David, we're just going to talk about three different ones. David, just to give you a little snippet, if you don't know who David is, this is going to be a general a overview <laughs> of, of the man. David um, stayed home during a time when he should have been with his army. He committed adultery during that time. And then if that wasn't bad enough, he sent her husband to be abandoned in the battlefield and to die. And, the, and Uriah did die. He performed a sinful census of the people. He was negligent and he was inconsistent as a father. Yet God used him mightily and labeled him a man after God's own heart. So he did not let his past define who he was. God defined who he was. The second person is Paul. Paul approved of the stoning of Stephen. He persecuted Christians before he became one himself. He searched out Christians, men and women, to bind them and to bring them to Jerusalem for imprisonment. Christ himself asked him why he was persecuting him. Despite his shortcomings, God called him a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. And that's in Acts, if anybody was wondering. Acts nine fifteen. Thank you for that reference. Yes. <laughs> Paul authored a, a lot of books of the New Testament, and he was highly instrumental in introducing Christ to us Gentiles. So Paul was greatly used as well. And um, was it Paul that said he was the chiefest of all sinners? Yes. yes. So um, obviously um, those were some big, those were some doozies. But God still used him for his glory and for his goodness. Um, and now you're probably saying, Terry, those are both men. And this is a podcast for ladies. So, um, I was questioning that. (laughs) So, um, one I found was Rahab. If you don't know who Rahab was, she was a harlot. Um, which if you don't know what a harlot is, then ask your mom. It's (laughs) (laughs) ask your mom and dad tonight when you go home. (laughs) She was a prostitute. She was not a good lady. She was a lady of the night. Yes. That's probably the better way to put that. Yes. (laughs) She... Um, we don't know a lot about her other than where she lived and what her profession was, but God redefined her and used her to save the spies and to save her own family. And she folks is in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. So again, God took her, redefined her and used her despite her past. So I just want to remind you that God uses us even when we're broken, even when we feel like our past is Done, like that we've done things in our past that is just totally unusable. Um, I've heard this so many times. God uses imperfect people to fulfill his perfect will. Mm-hmm. If somebody hadn't already coined that, we could put that on our shirt. But I'm sure somebody already 
has coined it. I'm going to take a rabbit trail here and I'm going to tell a little story that will lighten up the mood. When um, we first started going to the church that we were at, we used to have a teens meeting every Thursday. And uh, they had different themes every night. And one night it was, pick your, come as a Bible character. So I was like, okay, let's think outside the box, right? Oh, I forgot about this. Yes. <laughs> and me, being a fairly new Christian, I had heard of Rahab. I didn't really know much about Rahab. She had a scarlet cord. Yes. So mm -hmm. she, um, she threw a scarlet cord out the window. If you don't know the story, she threw the scarlet cord out the window for the spies to know where she was. Right. And, um... <laughs> So my daughter, um, I was like, oh, I know what you should do. You should dress up like Rahab. We'll put you in this thing and put a scarlet thread over your shoulder. So Madeline went to this <laughs> teen thing as Rahab. So we walk in and the pastor at the time was like, and who were you supposed to be? And all proudly, my daughter says Rahab. And like dead silence fell across the room. And they're all like, who? And I'm like, yeah, Rahab, you know, the woman that saved the spies. Oh, and to be fair, I think my. I had a shawl on. And when I took the shawl off, like, there was the cord. So it wasn't like... I was mortified. <laughs> mortified. So, yes. See, that was very oh. imperfect of me. I should have done my study better. But as a new <clears throat> Christian baby, I was like, yep, okay. I knew the name <laughs> and what she did. But I did not know her profession. I was not in attendance that night. That is a good story. So, that, that lightened up the mood a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Just a little something, something for you. So, okay. So God uses imperfect people to fulfill his perfect will. So then the next question you probably ask yourself is, am I too broken to be used? And my question or my answer is going to be no. You are never too broken to be used. So here's a short story time. I'm going to keep this very vague because that's what I do. There was a time in my life that I was in a state of brokenness, um, even as a saved woman. Um, my heart was broken, my spirit was broken, my faith was low, my mind um, couldn't focus on anything. I didn't feel like I was good enough for anything. I had two small kids, I was working, like I was just stressed out and I just felt like I was nothing. Um, I stopped praying, I wasn't in the word. I didn't feel like even going to church or even really seeing anybody is how I felt. Um, I was constantly being haunted by my past and when I say my past, I mean like things from like years before that all of a sudden these weird things would just pop into my head and it would just defeat me and it was exhausting and I just felt entirely broken but God I love that statement but God and here's how I got out of that slump was we went to a ladies retreat and one of the verses that they used was Isaiah 55 8 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are your ways my ways saith the Lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It reminded me that while we live in this world, a world that judges us for everything we do, can I just say I am so thankful there was not Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat <laughs> when I was younger because guys, I was not, I wouldn't say I was like entirely naughty, but I definitely could have been better. So <laughs> I was not making wise decisions in my high school days. And so um, the world remembers those things now and that's true. They're constantly, especially on Facebook, like you get those things that say, oh, here's a memory from whenever. And you're like, I don't want to see that memory. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's Let's like things you want to erase. Up. And the world is so good at reminding us of those things. That's the world we live in now. But God, God, the God that loves us, it's so different with him. 
his ways and thoughts aren't of the world. And so that's why this verse changed my outlook because I had to remember it's about him. It's his thoughts that are higher than my own. It's what he thinks of me that's important. So I just want to remind you that your past and your brokenness can be used for a more for his glorious purpose. Um, not the way the world remembers or thinks because we're not perfect and we're going to do wrong. We're going to fall. There's going to be times we won't be spiritually at our best. And you know what? That is totally okay. And God knows that about us. And he doesn't look to us to be perfect. He is just looking for someone who is fully surrendered and willing to do what he's asking us to do. I love that verse. I think that's one of my favorite verses. And I reference it in like so many different situations. Because it can be applied to like every situation mm -hmm. in life. Because when people, um, you know, when people lose children and they, you know, can't believe that God would do that or take their child out of the home. Or, you know, take their child, you know, right. let them die, whatever. Um, you know, I think that's a good verse to reference. You know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, when you are looking at like, well, you know, you're looking bad on yourself, then again, you can reference that. And I think that verse just constantly reminds me, every time I think of it, it constantly reminds me that there is a greater purpose. There is a bigger will. There's a perfect will. And that I need to just focus on. The Lord, because I can't understand why he does things, when he does things, how he does things. Right. Yeah, you were talking about, on your last page of notes, you said something about, like, God using imperfect people. And I think a lot of times we think of ourselves as, like, in degrees of sin. Mm -hmm. That's true. Like, if you, you know, have sex before you're married, then you can't be used. But I stole some chapstick from the store, but right. so I can be used. But I saw a picture and it was like a graph, like from people's point of view mm -hmm. of sin. And it was like tall to short. But then from the top, like God just sees it all looks the same to him. Ooh, that's good. And so I guess for me, it's like when I have friends who are struggling with things, something like this, or when I'm struggling, it's like the same, the person who is, says that they're like, you know, the person who's raised in church and never had a bad past thinks they can be used more than the other person. But in all reality, all sin is the same to it's God. Equal. Sin that's is right. sin. And you still need to be saved from it. You still need to brought out of it. Gloriously saved is gloriously saved whether you were four or you were 34 coming out of prison. Like, it's the mm -hmm. same thing. Well, I think everybody has their own things that they're stump their own stumbling block. And right. so your stumbling block's not the same as mine. And I think we can say that same thing as our, as our past. They're not all equal. They're not all the same. But to God, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter. And I'm not saying it makes it easy to get over it. Like, now I'm not saying if you do have sex before marriage or sell drugs on the street that it's going to be easy for you just to like let it go and never do crack again right. i'm not saying that you're not going to struggle with it yeah but you can't if you just give it to god and you trust him and do whatever steps you need to take whatever mm -hmm. that looks like for you and do that then you can be used just like the next person now i guess we should probably say there are things that the bible is very specific on like as far as divorce <clears throat> things go and being a pastor but that's right. not what we're talking about here. We're talking about um, our past in general and things that we've done or things that are going on. Maybe Plus, this is a woman's podcast, sins. so you shouldn't be a Yeah, that's now. right. That's yeah. right, ladies. We're not, you can't be, you know, you need to find another podcast. <laughs> so for the two guys who like our podcast, then um, <laughs> yes. this is that, that section was for right. you. Yes. <laughs> so um, the next part is, um, like I said, God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for a heart that's fully surrendered to him. And I started thinking, okay, when was I like completely fully surrendered to God? Because I think 
when as you've been saved longer, sometimes we forget. I don't know if forget's the right word, but we're not fully. Yeah, you can We're not it. full. We're not all in at a certain point. I think that's yeah. just something that people. You get used to it. Right. You just forget. But so I started thinking, when's the time I was fully surrendered? And I had to say the day I got saved, my salvation day. That is the one time that I know I was 100% sold out for God. That was the time that I was fully surrendered to him, to whatever he wanted me to do. So I guess you need to go back to that time and find that time and ask yourself, was it a sense of relief? For me, it was. Was it a joyful time? For me, it was. Were you thinking of um, the past things you did on that day? No. And you think, just knew there was something you had to do. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of times that's why a lot of people struggle with their salvation because they might get off the path or whatever you want to call it and they start doing these things that they know aren't right and then they come to a point where they're like, wow, I shouldn't do this anymore and they're like, man, am I even safe? So that's where I think people are mm -hmm. like, oh, like, you know, those kids who go to camp and get saved every year. It's because you're not actually getting saved every year. It's you just need to reevaluate right. because you know what you're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people doubt their salvation because you're right. Like at the day you feel like a burden is lifted. So you feel like if I do this again, then it's going to be lifted, but you can't get saved right. more than once. And we're going to talk about this. <clears throat> the reason you feel that way when you get saved is because literally every single stinking thing, burden, anything that is in your past, like that moment, it is, you don't feel that at that moment. And then over time, the world and other things get in your head and we forget what that feeling is. And that's why it's so important to walk. And it's so important to be in fellowship with the Lord because he keeps us feeling that joy. He reminds us of that day. And I think a good thing to remember too is like we, when you are saved now, again, we've said this before, but you have to have salvation first. Mm -hmm. If you want forgiveness from the Lord, if you want to have those burdens lifted, if you want to obviously <clears throat> be used of him, you have to be a saved, born-again Christian. Um, you know, you have to come to that part first. You're not going to be used of him if you're not. Um, but once you are saved, it, the Bible says that we are above sin because we're above the law. We were saved by grace, mm -hmm. and we are above sin. And in Romans 6, um, 11 through 15, just a couple things I pulled out was, um, in there it says, be dead indeed unto sin. And then it also says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Again, it says, sin shall not have dominion over you. You know, if we would turn to God and in his power, we can overcome all of that mm -hmm. too. So, you know, we need to remember that, you know, you don't have to go through this life completely defeated and torn down by your sin because you're above that. God took that. When you right. got saved, he took that sin and he took that burden on him and we are above that. And if we are in <clears throat> sin and if you're living in sin and if you're trying to figure out how to get back to God or if you can be used of him again, you know, you just need to remember that your sins were forgiven when you were saved mm -hmm. and you are above that. You have the power, not through yourself, but through God to overcome what your situation is and still be used of him. And then in Psalm um, 86, five, it also says for thou Lord art good and ready to forgive. And I thought that was just a good verse because he is good and he mm -hmm. is ready to forgive us. It's us who have to get exactly. over ourself and our pride and come to him and ask for that. And then, you know, it's forgiven. And when they say it's forgiven, you know, they say it's blotted out, you mm -hmm. know, and you, you're removed as far as East is from West, you know, and mm -hmm. you don't have to, he doesn't see that anymore. And from that day on it's forgiven and it's ourselves that hold that against us. It's not 
God anymore. It's just ourselves. I even wrote down those verses. One that I wrote down was Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake and will not remember thy sins. And then another good one to remind ourselves is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I think it goes back again to that verse in Jeremiah about the thoughts that he has are not like ours. And you hit it, the nail right on the head that it's us. It's our head that's not, because we can't grasp. We don't understand what it's like to be God. I don't understand how he can forgive and love and not see all that. Like if I really start thinking about, well, how can, like he can see me and he knows but yet he says he doesn't remember. So I'm like, how is that possible? Like when I start thinking about it in my head, it's just like, it hurts my head. Yeah. So I just have to trust. And I think that's why he tells us, <clears throat> excuse me, so many times just to trust him. Trust with all thine heart. You just have to trust him because he knows we're not going to understand how that all works. And so we just have to trust that he knows what's best for us. And I think when you're feeling down on yourself, you brought out a good person. I mean, if you look at Paul, Saul, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call him, when he was Saul, like, he was just killing off Christians. Right. I mean, he was the, like, blaspheming the Lord to the highest level. You know, I mean, he was killing off people right. and trying to stop the Lord and trying to stop the spread of the gospel. And the Lord used him in the greatest way possible. Mm -hmm. He was the greatest missionary who has ever lived. And he got saved. And from that day on, God didn't look back at all the wrong he did to the Christians. He didn't look at all that, well, Jews, whatever you want to call them. But, you know, he didn't look at all of that. He just said, all right. Now you're saved. Now you're my child. Let's go forward. And here's here's what I have for you. I want you to do all of this for me. And Paul did it flawlessly. And don't you think sometimes when God uses those kinds of people and people with maybe um, questionable past or people like Paul or David, don't you think he uses people like that for a specific purpose because it's really truly showing the glory of God? Because yeah. if he used someone that was perfect all the time, then we would be like, well, I don't, I can't live up to that. Yeah. They've never done a bad thing in their life. You know, mm -hmm. I can't live up to that. And that's what I love about, he just uses ordinary people with the same struggles that we've had. And it's just amazing to me. And he does that. So we see, you don't have to be perfect. That's not what he's asking you to do. And that's why do it's important when you like, you meet someone and you're trying to witness to be loving because the automatically if they're living a life of sin, they're just going to see you as the person who showed up like a Jehovah's witness, mm -hmm. like yeah. in their white shirt and tie on their bicycle, you know, or something like that. Anyway. So I think you need to be loving because also you don't, they don't know that you have a past. Mm -hmm. So if you automatically, you just go into a situation thinking I'm better than this person. You yourself also need to remember you have a past mm -hmm. and that past can be used, whether it wasn't God's will necessarily for you to be doing those things but God can use it for his glory, like you said, when you are trying to win someone else over to him mm -hmm. and giving your testimony and your example, showing mm -hmm. them like you don't have to be perfect. I mean, that's when God's seen it as greatest <clears throat> is when he takes these people and just completely transforms them and, yeah. and molds them and puts makes them the person and all because their heart surrendered to him. That And that's what he's wanting. That's what he's looking for. And I think that's a good point too, many is just like, and we've mentioned this before in past episodes, but... Just to use what God's done through you to be an example to others, bad, good, or indifferent. It doesn't matter what you've done or what mm -hmm. your past is like, because everybody does need that person in their life who's like, you know, I've been on the straight and narrow. I've never messed up and I followed the Lord my whole life and this is where I am. But you also need that person mm -hmm. who said, listen, I 
screwed up the entire first quarter of my life, you know, but now, you know, God still used that and here I am and this is what I'm dealing with from it, but I'm still being used. So you need like both spectrums. Mm -hmm. So I guess the next thing we want to address is how do you move forward from your past? Because I think that's kind of what the question originally was asking. How how do I get past all that? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> there are some things, in my opinion, that we're going to have to learn to let go of. There's things that we're going to have to confess, even if we are saved. I know we keep talking about how the burdens lifted when you get saved, but even as a saved person, when we do something or we're in sin, we still have to confess those things to the Lord. And I, it's good for your soul to do that. We have to these things to him even if we are saved it's just good to do that it's a time it's you have to self-reflect and you're gonna have to seek the lord ask him to search you um psalm 139 23 24 says search me O god and know my heart today try me and know my thoughts and see if there will be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting anybody else want to sing that just now <laughs> as soon as i started reading i was like search me O god Anyway, it's not invitation time, people. Oh, man. <laughs> so, but yes, you have to, you have to, if you're struggling with your past still and you're saved, look, I'll just be honest. I've been saved. I'm 43. I've been saved since I was about, I know, the oldness in the room. And I've been saved, let's see, you were two, so um, about 19 years. And guys, there are still times where, like, things come out of nowhere and Sometimes I have to say, you know what, I will go pray over that, even if it's from a long time ago, because I think one, it helps me to, to confess it. Um, and I know God's forgiven it, but I think confession is sometimes more for us at times, if that makes mm -hmm. sense, because we have to speak it. We have to accept, look, I don't want to sound like an AA meeting here, but we're going to have to accept the things we can't change. And there's just some things we're not going to be able to change. And by confessing it, we're acknowledging it, we're, um, getting it out there. So in first John one nine says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, and ye shall seek me and find me when shall when you shall search for me with all your heart. So all these verses are just saying, ask him, you know, if you're, if you're grappling with your past and you're like, I don't know what to do. Ask him, ask him to search you. Take that verse out of Psalms and literally pray it out loud. That's what I think the Psalms are for. Take them, say it out loud. And you know what? He will show you. The Holy Spirit will uh, prompt you and tell you, yeah, that's, let's talk about this. Let's get this out in the open. Let's, let's deal with this now. So I guess the next question that goes along with that is, so what do I do? Like, what's the practical side of that? How do I do that? Because it's easy to say, let go and let God, you know, yeah. all prim and proper about it. Well, that's great. Well, how do you actually do that? Like, how do you put that into play? Akuna Matata. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I pictured that monkey when I was doing this. The past is the past. <laughs> when he whacks him on the head. But I, so we'll just go through a couple things. One thing you have to do, like I said, I'm not trying to sound like the world when I say this, but you have to let go of worry let go of anger. You might have to let go of some relationships that were holding you down from your past, maybe current relationships. You really need to seek the Lord and ask him to show you what it is that needs to be let go. And I guarantee you, he will show you. But chances are, if you need to let go of something, whether it's a sin or a relationship, you probably already know what it is. You probably won't have to pray too hard on that. 
Especially if you're currently saved and you're currently living in a besetting sin. Right. And I think the friends thing is really important because like sometimes when you're just coming out of a sin, even if you're saved, you have friends that would do that with you mm-hmm. and you feel like, well, now that I don't want to do it, I'm going to have them not do it with me. But if they don't have that same desire, then you just need to cut ties because they're mm-hmm. going to drag you back down again. And that's hard. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. We have to, the past and the things are in the past as that monkey says, Rafiki yeah. in the Lion King. Um, you just have to accept it. I'm sorry. There's no other way. That's going to be hard for some of us. You just have to accept it. You cannot change the past, but what you can do is determine you won't go back. Give it to God. For me, I have to claim certain verses. I have to say, God said that my sins, like Amanda said earlier, are as far as East is from West. And he said it in the Bible. And that's true. So when these things creep up in my mind, that's one that I claim. I'm like, nope, God doesn't remember it. I I'm not going to remember that. And I really am convinced that Satan uses a lot of things from our past and gets in our <clears throat> our ears and gets in our head to um, discourage us. We talked about that too a couple weeks ago, how that's his favorite way is just get in there and to discourage you. So we just, you're going to have to move forward. Um, one of the verses, this is one of, I think, Amanda's life verse, Philippians 3, 13 through 14, brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Is that your life verse? Part of it? Okay. That's why I thought. I was like, like, this is going to be embarrassing if it's not. (laughs) So we just have to press on and go forward. That's what you have to do. And it's, it's not easy. But again, we don't understand the way God thinks, but you just have to trust that he does know what's best and he does know what he's doing. And I think, too, what you said about, you know, Satan getting in and using your past, I think that goes back just to your battle with the flesh. And I've heard it said many times, but, you know, you can't let Satan win. And that's letting him win when you're Mm -hmm. letting him bring up those things that God has forgotten. And um, like you said uh, I think it was last week when we you were talking about your mom and she said, you know, if it's not vital to your salvation, mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter. You know, when you go back and you think about, oh, well, I did this and this and this. And Jesus is saying, well, yes, but you're saved. I saved right. you from that. I forgot that. You know, you you have to let that go. And it goes back to yourself. If you're feeling like you can't be used, if you feel like you've been messed up, that's you. We're not saying God feels that way. We're saying if you feel that way. So I think the first thing you have to get out of your head is you. Mm -hmm. Because I like what you said, going to God. I think that just is constantly reminding us to rely on him and in our life. And he tells us that time after time that we need to just rely on him in everything. So when we are feeling that way and when we're getting on ourself, when our own thoughts are taking over, we have to rely on him to be our strength and be our guide. And a couple other verses that I wrote down to was just Colossians 1.14. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. We are saved through his blood, and we have the forgiveness of sins. So again, if we will just ask for it, you know, we, we have that forgiveness already waiting for us. Mm-hmm. It's just us that has to accept what we've done, like you said. In, <clears throat> and I think we need to it. remember that covers all our sins, yeah. not just ones that you don't think are like Madeline was said, it's not a level. It's not yeah. a competition. It's all of our sins. Yes. Murder to little white lies. Right. It's all is covered. Um, I think what's hardest for me is when those things come to my mind, it is, it is Satan. I know he's in there. And I just, like I said, I have to claim verses. I have to tell him, no, you're not right. Like this is not how this goes. And so 
like Amanda said, I think a lot of it comes down to ourselves. We're in our own heads. And so I don't, this is not in the Bible, but it's just kind of something that popped into my head was we need to forgive ourselves. Mm -hmm. Okay. Christ has already died. He's done his part. And now it's time for us to do our part. We have to accept the gift that he's giving us, which is salvation. He's forgiven us. So when the devil reminds us of our past, God, does, like I said, we said, God doesn't remember that. We're the ones remembering it. And we have to forgive ourselves for those things as well. I feel like I just talked in a big circle. That's right. <laughs> we are no longer condemned. We have got to remember that. We are not condemned anymore. And Romans 8, 1 through 2 says, There is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law and Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So what Jesus did on the cross covers me. Quit being so hard on yourself. Like, I have to tell that to myself. Quit being so hard. I'm human. I'm going to make mistakes. I have made mistakes. I am not perfect. I've just got to stop being so hard on myself. For me, that's really what it comes down to. It's okay. It's okay to tell yourself, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. Give it to God and let it go. And I think we're all going to have scars. And whether we have afflicted those scars on ourselves or others have afflicted them on us, you know, we're going to have those and we're going to have those consequences, those things that we carry with us through life because of situations. Like I said, whether it's something you've done or somebody else has done that has affected you, you're going to have a consequence or a lasting scar, you know, from different situations in your own life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, we have to remember that. And yes, it's going to be there but it doesn't have to rule over you it doesn't have to control you i mean he'll let you go as far as you want to go in your sin and in what you want to do he, he gave us our free will mm -hmm. and he's going to let you do what you want to do but in the end the bible says in hebrew 13 5 i will never leave thee nor forsake thee and he'll never let you go so far that he can't pull you back right. you know and even though you're you might carry things with you you know forever from what you decided to do he loves you too much to not let you do that and not so utilize your not free will. Leave you there, right? But you know he's going to lovingly call you back every time, and you know your consequences will still be there. Mm -hmm. But you can't. He's still going to be there. He's still going to be there. It takes an action you. on your part. Like he's not just going to because you have that free will when he prods you or pokes you and says, you know, you're not doing this. You need to come back. He's not going to make you come back. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you can't, he's not, <clears throat> that isn't the, like, the end. You're just like, oh, yes. Like, you have to decide, yeah. okay, I want this. Something else to remember, too. If you are in the boat where you are saying, I know I'm doing wrong, I need to turn my life around, and I need to go back to the Lord, but you are not taking that action and doing it, just forewarning, mm -hmm. things will only get worse, and things are going to get a lot worse. Once he starts trying to pull you back and you start resisting that pull, then the pull is just going to mm -hmm. get harder and harder and harder. And speaking from my own experience, you know, when I was away from the Lord, you know, it was just, it was a little thing here that would remind me of the Lord. And I'd think, I, you know, I know I'm doing wrong and I need to get back to him, but I wouldn't do it. And then the next time, the thing that would come up that would pull me back to him was a bigger situation. And I would still, if I, and again, I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to turn back yet. You know, I know I need to, but I'm not going to yet. And then each situation that came up that was, that was God trying to pull me back was just worse and worse mm -hmm. and worse until it finally blows up so big that you have no option but to, to turn back to him. And he only does that because he loves us. Mm -hmm. It's not in a cruel way. But I think if you're in the place where you know that you are doing wrong and you need to turn back to him, 
do it now before things get so far out of hand that you have those worst scars or those consequences that you are, are going to struggle with for the rest of your life. I think it's scary when you do that too. And that's why a lot of people are like, I'm so far, I don't even know how to get back mm -hmm. to where I'm supposed to be. And to that person, I would say, if, if you're <clears throat> safe, first thing you have to do is you have to reach out to God. You have to call out. Because sometimes people say, well, God left me. God walked away from me. God wasn't there when I needed him. No, God's consistent. God's always mm -hmm. there. It's not God that walks away. When when something like that happens, it's us that walks away. Yeah. Um, I was trying to work, try to figure out a way to work in the prodigal son, um, just real quick, because the prodigal son in that story, the son took his inheritance, squandered it, came back, and the father, I think that story is more about the father than it is about the son. And the moral of that story is the father was still waiting there. He saw him. He brought him back in, loved him, brought him back in like nothing had ever gone wrong. Like, And that's what God does. That's what, when we turn back to him, he's not going to turn his back on you. He's going to be there with open arms. I'm not saying there won't be consequences um, because anytime we do anything, whether it's sinful or not, there's always consequences. I think there's a saying you can choose your sin, but you can't choose the consequences. And that's very true. I know for myself, even years later, I think part of my consequences and some of my actions is it's in my head. <laughs> Look, it's, yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like I said, I have to constantly tell myself, nope, it's forgotten, but I'm human and I remember it. And I do think that's part of the consequence for me is I, I, those things come into my memory and it's a stumbling block for me. Um, and that's not enjoyable, people. Well, there's a quote and it's like, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than mm -hmm. you want to pay. Mm -hmm. I have it written in my Bible. I don't remember who I heard it from. I've heard it multiple times. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I think it's very good. And also when you were talking about the prodigal son, it just reminded me of an illustration I saw in a chapel service. When you decide, when you do make that decision, like, I want to go back, even with the prodigal son, the father didn't just stand there and be right. like, okay, run to me. Mm -hmm. right. Like the he father him. met him. Right. Yeah. And like, I think that's so good because God's not just like, okay, yeah, you're right. But now you Come have to here. work here by yeah. yourself. All right? right. Take all these steps to me, which yeah. God isn't going to change. Like his holiness is his holiness. And he's not going to go to your level just for you to feel like you're back. He, he, God doesn't change, but he will be there with you and bring you back to where you right. need to be. I think yeah. when we do that, it takes you right back to your salvation day. That day that you Feel repented, like, yeah, that whole burden was lifted, everything was gone. That's what it's like. And it's like with kids, and I even do, I know when something's not right with my kids. And until we get it right, and then everything is right with the world again. Like you feel it, you know it. And yeah. I think it's the same thing with our Heavenly Father. When you come back to that relationship and you make it right and you confess and you get things right, what a relief. Like, it's like yeah. a burden. And I know we talked about that a couple weeks ago, just the taking things to God, whether not even talking about sinful things or things that we need to confess, just taking things to God that's going on in our lives and just giving it to him. What a relief. And I always tell myself, why don't I do that more often? Like, because yeah. I think we're scared, like with your parents, I, I know, like, mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily with you because we have a pretty good open line of communication. <laughs> but like mm -hmm. with dad, if I feel like something's up, like I don't remember, we got in a fight like a few weeks ago after church because we wanted, I don't remember what it happened. Anyway, stupid, sure. I was scared because I didn't want to get, I felt like I was going to get in more trouble if I like brought it up. Well, then, you know, my mom was like the mediator because she knew me and dad were all upset at each other. <laughs> so she was like, 
did this like role play thing like all right let's just play such like i'm not kidding you guys me and my dad were sitting on the couch and she was played both parts and apologized for both of us and we just kind of looked at each other like yeah you're right it's stupid but i think it's the same thing with god like you think i don't i'm embarrassed to go to him like you feel like but that's not how it is once right you just forget how sweet it is when everything right. is actually in it, it, fellowship. that's such a good word how sweet it is the fellowship is restored yes it's an amazing feeling I think, too, just with that in mind, is it almost feels like it's going to be confrontational. Right. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, naturally are going to run right. from confrontation. Mm -hmm. um, well, you should. You should love <laughs> confrontation. Right. Well, nobody but, likes it because I yeah. think you're getting ready to admit something you've done. But he already that's knows. Not exactly. Yeah. And that's what I was just going to say. we forget that, I think. I think right. we forget that he already knows and he's already there and he's already forgiven right. us. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think, you know, we think, okay, man, this is going to be emotional. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I have to tell people, like, I have to tell God that I'm not perfect, you know, and you, you feel like it's going to be like some kind of confrontation. And but really, really, like, even parents, they don't ask mm -hmm. questions they don't know the answers to. You know, they yeah. come through and they ask <laughs> yeah. you a question. When you deny it, like, yeah. it's just going to get worse for you. So you might yes. as well just do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So I guess, um, or it's time to, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I guess the bottom line in on all of this is if you if you feel like you're unusable and you're just too broken for God to use you, that is an absolute lie that the devil is putting in your head. From the pits of hell. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Shake that hanky. Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is you are never, never, never until you're dead. You are never too far gone from the Lord. Mm -hmm. He's he is there. And I know when I was writing this out, I had, uh, there's so many good songs, really. Yeah. I was just thinking like six this. in my head yeah. right Yes. Now. And I had to really refrain because I could have sang this whole thing in yeah. just song form because he there's so many. He is this. Yes. Yes. He is. And the thing is, it's so simple. He's there. He's the one constant we can have, but it's the hardest thing for us to do. I don't, again, it boggles my mind. And that's why I try not to think too hard about it. I just really do go back to trusting what the Lord tells me I need to do. Just trust him. He knows what's best. Right. All right. So I think the last thing I'd like to say, though, is if um, you don't know that you're saved, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, you guys keep using that word. Like, I'm supposed to know what that means. Um, salvation is the first step into having Christ redefine you and make you who he wants you to be. So if you're not saved... Um, please reach out to us. Um, only Christ is going to be able to fill that hole in your heart and help ease the pain. I think sometimes our pride gets in the way and um, we don't know how to work through some of our feelings of guilt and feelings of hurt and pain. Only Christ can fill that hole in, in your heart and help ease the pain. So the Bible says we need to confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive. So if you're struggling with your salvation, please, please reach out to us. Reach out to, um, if you know somebody at a church, um, reach out to somebody. We would be more than happy to talk to you. I think and, we're going to, I think we should put, I think we're going to put together a resource that we can give mm -hmm. and a link for you to have that information. Even if, if you don't know anyone personally, um, that can help you, that we can give you a link or a resource that you can. Now I'm not saying the day you get saved, life is gloriously perfect from that day mm -hmm. forth. Because life is still life. Because we still live in a sinful world. And we still are sinful people. And yes. it usually gets harder because now you have trusted in the Lord and Satan is angry. Yes. 
But, oh, that's but there's a piece. Right. Yeah. There is a piece that only comes from him. So I just really encourage you, please reach out. We'll we'll start putting something together. We talk about it every week, but that's the first step. So um, thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, sorry it was so um, heavy. It was, it was pretty serious today, but I just my heart just broke when I heard that question because I thought, my goodness, I've been there. Like I just and when I go to camp with the teens every year, I can't tell you how many times I hear that statement. God can't use me. I've done so many horrible things, or I'm doing this in my life right now, and. It's just not true. It's the devil's lies. It is. Um, he, Satan wants you to remain defeated. So I just want to encourage you, don't remain defeated. You know, forgive yourself. Go to the Lord first and ask for forgiveness. Ask him to search search you and to reveal those things to you. And you're going to feel better, guys. Ladies. Ladies. I should start saying ladies, not guys. Dudes. My dudes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> my peeps. My yeah. peeps to feel better. All right. Well, sorry. Uh, there's no... I mean, they were kind of funny today. There was a couple moments. Shining, glimmering I'll make it funnier. Moments. Guys, you want to know what my new sign-off is going to be? I don't know if you guys have TV, but my favorite commercial is the Goldfish commercial. And it's like, the snack that smiles back, Goldfish. So my new sign-off is going to be Goldfish. Have a good week. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. This is Terry signing off. Bye.